This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on AM 740 Zoomer Radio. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by Chartwell Seniors Housing and Sun Life Financial. Good afternoon and welcome to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Snymer. This week, Canadians got a look at the changing face of the family with the release of new information from the 2011 census. Some of the most interesting statistics involve Zoomers. There has been a sharp decrease in the number of Zoomers living alone, while a growing number are living together without getting married. Gray divorce is more and more common, and still another burgeoning trend sees Zoomers moving in with roommates or housemates who are not related. I'll run through all these new lifestyles with Zoomer Media's David Kravitz. Plus, it's the first official weekend of fall, and although you might not be thinking about it, now is the time to get out in your garden. The fall is a great time to plant. The soil is nice and warm. The temperatures are great for working in. That's Charlie Dobbin from AM740's The Garden Show. She's here with tips on what to do now to prepare for a great garden in the spring. So long. And this week, Leonard Cohen celebrated his 78th birthday. We'll honour one of Canada's greatest artists with a look back at his career, from poet to troubadour. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. We'll start in New Orleans, where this week, AARP held its Life at 50 Expo, featuring actor Billy Crystal, tennis star Martina Navratilova, and singers Stevie Nicks, Gladys Knight, and Melissa Etheridge. Both political parties used the conference as a campaign stop. President Barack Obama addressed the crowd via video conference and stated the importance of Medicare and Social Security. Meanwhile, this was the crowd's response to Mitt Romney's running mate, Paul Ryan, when he took to the stage and suggested repealing Obamacare. The first step to a stronger Medicare is to repeal Obamacare because it represents the worst of both worlds. Researchers in the Netherlands are calling for new Europe-wide strategies for end-of-life care. After studying the death certificates of 4.8 million people from 27 countries, they say that cancers and long-term diseases accounted for 42% of all deaths, many of which were preceded with pain, depression, anxiety, and fatigue. They now want policymakers to develop palliative care solutions to cope with the burden of these diseases. The findings were published in the medical journal BMJ Supportive and Palliative Care. Meanwhile, obesity rates in the United States are soaring. If current trends continue by the year 2030, more than half the population in 39 states will be obese, and 13 of those states will have obesity rates pushing 60%. This, according to a report released by the Trust for America's Health. The report projects this will result in another 6 million cases of type 2 diabetes, 
5 million cases of heart disease and stroke and more than 400,000 cases of obesity-related cancer. Obesity already costs the U.S. about $200 billion annually. And finally, a study out of the United Kingdom finds that most charities depend on Zoomers for most of their donations. The research by the Charities Age Foundation shows a growing gap between people above the age of 60 and those under 30 when it comes to charitable giving. Gifts from people over 60 now account for more than half of the country's overall donations, a staggering increase from 30 years ago when they only accounted for a third. I'm Libby Snymer, and those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. The face of the Canadian family is changing, and Zoomers are at the forefront of the revolution in our lifestyles. The picture emerged with this week's release of new information from the 2011 census. Most of us still live as part of a couple, but more and more are doing this without the benefit of marriage. Late-life divorce is a growing phenomenon, as is the multi-generational household. And Zoomers are getting together with friends and living as housemates, sharing the costs, responsibilities, and companionship that come with living together. Author and Zoomer Media VP David Kravitz has been following these trends for years, and he dropped by the studio earlier this week. David Kravitz, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Well, the latest numbers from the 2011 census just confirm uh, what we know about the changing lifestyles of Zoomers. So first of all, in the last 10 years, there are a lot more people living as part of a couple. Well, I think this is a function of certainly longevity. They're living longer as couples. They're living well into their 80s now. It's quite commonplace. So there's not surprising that we should see that happen. And then in some cases, they're not married. They're living together for maybe decades while not being married. And that's also a trend. So we're seeing, I think that all this means that we're seeing more diversity. We're seeing no one pattern anymore. And that's logical because if everybody's living longer, your chances of getting a lot of different permutations and combinations increases as opposed to everybody in one, just in one channel. Let's get to this more Zoomers living together without marriage. How do you explain that? I think that uh, I would be interested in digging a little deeper and see how many of them are, it's their second relationship. But if you leave that aside... Or third or fourth. Third or fourth. (laughs) You always be nice. Right. Uh, I think it's a function partly of uh, finances. I think that particularly where it's their their, the second or third or fourth relationship, they may have assets that they want to keep. They may have prior commitments. They may have grown-up children that they want to take care of and they don't want to burden their partner with that or the partner doesn't want want to be burdened with that. So they each kind of have have their own separate package. And I also think it's a function of a, a little bit of lifestyle because if you're mobile and if you can travel together and enjoy stuff together, the idea of, hey, we can have everything we want and we don't really need to tie the knot and encumber ourselves with all that, uh, it's not that surprising to me really. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's also a function that this generation, I mean, we were the generation of sexual liberation, so sure, what the heck. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. And you can you can do all that. And and I think I think also if you're older, your life is maybe a little bit more complex. And so the barriers to legalizing it in, in a formal marriage, whether it's property, whether it's estate planning, whether it's uh, I know I've been reading, and this is only anecdotal, a number of them continue to live in both houses. 
Yeah, that's you know, interesting. Keep your house. I'll keep my house. We'll live there this week. We'll in other words, or or he or she has the place in Florida. The other one has the place up here, and it's just you know back and forth. But if they then try to codify that in a marriage, it would just get way too complicated. Still, despite all this, women living alone uh, outnumber men living alone by something like three to one after the age of fifty. Right. I think it's partly again longevity. But there's also another factor. Women are coping with retirement. They're coping with aging. They're coping with uh, those transitions better than men. To the extent that boomers are getting divorced, we know that in more than 50% of the cases, divorce is initiated by the woman, not by the man. So this There whole... seem to be a lot more late-life divorces. Yes. Explain that. And I think, well, I think it's the logical consequence of, of, of women's lib. So it's not that surprising. That and it would I guess that people way. are waking up and saying, you know, if I don't have that many years left, I'm not going to spend the rest of them with him. Exactly. Or it's with it, her. And it's especially true, especially true with empty nest. So that there's a natural kind of catcher. Right? Okay, the kids are growing up now. They're out of college. The last sort of external pressures on us to keep it going no matter what are kind of gone. Now I take a look around and I say, this is a natural transition anyway. Do I really want this for the rest of my life? And they take a look at the guy. And the guys actually are uh, – studies are showing that the guys are not coping as well. Well, speaking of the empty nest or the nest, uh, it's taking a lot longer to empty those nests. We have something like 40 percent of young adults living with their parents still. They are. And it, it, the, the stats say it hasn't really moved much in five years, but it's way – it's almost double what it was when the parents were that age. If we talk, as we do all the time, about the reinvention of aging, how boomers and zoomers are reinventing aging, why would it be that surprising that that cascades down to the younger generations? If, if, if 60 is the new 40, why isn't 30 the new 20? <laughs> or why the isn't new 40 the new – I don't know. Where is it going to end? What about a lot of different things. People who are unrelated, moving in together – buying houses together and, you know, the golden girl model. That's, that's very, that's going, first of all, it's going to be increasingly acceptable. We're going to see a lot of that. And I think you're going to see a lot more diversity. If you look at the definitions page of this study and you see all the different definitions that they've had, single family, multifamily, skip generations, it's just going to proliferate as people live longer. It's logical. You're just going to see way more formats taking place. Okay, well, that sounds, that sounds good. David Kravitz, okay. thanks so much for joining us. Well, thanks. I enjoyed it. Thank you. You can find David Kravitz's book, Beyond Age Rage, How the Boomers and Seniors Are Solving the War of the Generations, in bookstores and online at Amazon.ca. I'm Libby Snymer, and you're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review. You might not realize it, but it's the perfect time of year to get out in the garden and make some crucial preparations for the spring. In just a moment, I'll be joined by AM740's garden show host, Charlie Dobbin, to find out more. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by Chartwell Seniors Housing and Sun Life Financial. The fall season has officially started. Not only is there still plenty of time to get out into the garden... Charlie Dobbin, host of our garden show, says this is actually the best time of year for some of the work that will turn your yard into an oasis. 
Charlie Dobbin, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Well, it's the fall. What should we be doing outside now? The fall is a great time to plant. The soil is nice and warm. The temperatures are great for working in. Look at the amount of rain we've been getting this fall. It's wonderful for <laughs> establishing. Well, that's, I know, it's true. We kind of made up for the summer yeah. in the few short weeks of, of September. But nevertheless, it's a great time to plant. So if you have some div- digging, dividing, you want to purchase you know, something special in mind that you've been hankering after, prices are great in the fall usually. So you'll get some good deals if you can find what you're looking for. So planting now is great. And there's there's not a danger that if we have a really cold winter, things will die over the winter? No, the rule of thumb is if you're going to do any planting or digging or dividing, that kind of transplanting, give yourself a four to six week time frame between when you do that planting and when we anticipate our first really cold, cold, hard frost. You know, based on the way things have been going in Toronto the last few years, southern Ontario, I mean, we've been going right up till Christmas sometimes before we get a real, really cold uh, weather setting in. So we're good. We're, you know, we've, we've still got a couple of weeks in the GTA to do that planting and transplanting. And honestly, the soil is so warm, the plants respond by root growth immediately upon transplanting. It's, it's magical compared to the spring when we plant and we think it's a great time to plant, but the soil is so cold, the plants oh. do nothing. They sit there and they wait until the soil warms up. Okay, so what else? Bulbs. This is the time to be planting bulbs, whether it's the tulips and daffodils. Get those in the ground before the ground freezes. This is the time to plant garlic. If you're somebody who would like to get some garlic into the ground, um, the lawn, this is a very important time to be sort of doing a little bit of preventative maintenance for our lawns. All summer, we tell everybody to mow quite long mm-hmm. or high, mm-hmm. but our last mowing of the season is where we mow quite low. You mow it down so that your lawn's about a, an inch and a half tall as opposed to three inches tall. We always try and fertilize in the fall. Because the fall fertilizer for the lawn means the lawn will come through winter in better condition than not. Okay, so you fertilize the lawn. Do you fertilize the rest of the garden? No. No fertilizing of anything except the lawn in the fall. Because you know why? If you start cranking a lot of food on to, say, your perennials or your roses or trees or shrubs, you'll tend to push soft, tender growth. And that is what will get frosted off once we do get cold weather. That's quite a bit of work, I guess, right there. But it's great. It's fun, though, because it's not hot, right? Remember? <laughs> and the birds are flying. and there's, You know, the bugs aren't out now. It's really good. It's a great time to be outside. Mm-hmm. And uh, is there anything else in terms of planning that we should be doing for next year? Well, you know, that's a good point. I, I'm a huge uh, fan of having a plan. So whatever you're doing in your garden, you, you know, most of us can't do it all at once anyway. It's too much. It's either too expensive or too much work. So have a plan. And work at it. So even if it means bringing a professional into your space to help you lay out the plan on paper, work towards your own personal nirvana, right? What about tweaking the plan? You know, you get to the point where suddenly the garden is mature or Mm -hmm. getting there. Uh, And what do you have to revisit and change? Well, sometimes we discover that there are newer varieties available of certain plants that are better than the ones we planted. Hydrangeas come to mind. There's some amazing oh, hydrangeas yeah, yeah, that's out true. there now yes. versus the old ones, right? Yeah. Uh, roses come to mind. There's amazing new roses out there. You know, no diseases, virtually, you know, maintenance-free uh, compared to some of the old roses. Also, pruning, of course, is an ongoing thing. And for some of us, you know, don't know how to prune. Again, don't hesitate to hire the professionals to help with that kind of thing.
how do you choose a professional? And sometimes it's hard to get a fix. You know, they'll tell you one thing and suddenly there's a very large bill. Mm-hmm. That's a bit of a tough one. And part of it, you're right, is knowing what it is you want, being educated in terms of what you think the, the garden and lawn need, and speak to the people about them being able to fulfill what you believe the, uh, the requirements are. But as well, remember, there is a professional organization called Landscape Ontario. Website is landscapeontario.com. Go to that website. Uh, put in your postal code and it'll come up with uh, professionals in your area. And it's very easy to, to phone them, do some interviewing uh, or go to their websites, get a sense of what they're all about. Because you're right, you do want to make sure you've got people that are, well, you know, they're insured, they have professional ethics, they're well-educated, you know, they'll, they'll stand by what they do. What can you expect as an hourly rate? Mowing the lawn, it's probably about $25 an hour. You start getting into construction, it probably starts at $40 an hour and goes up from there. Planting? Planting? It's going to depend how how talented or educated the planter is. Uh, but again, it probably could run anywhere from $25, well, probably about $25 an hour. Charlie Dobbin, thank you very much. Great advice. You can hear Charlie Dobbin on The Garden Show every Saturday morning at 9 right here on the new AM740 Zoomer Radio. I'm Libby Snymer, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. So long, this week, Leonard Cohen celebrated his 78th birthday. Coming up, we'll hear some of the prolific Zoomer's great music. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by Chartwell Seniors Housing and Sun Life Financial. Welcome back to the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Libby Snymer. It's time now for your International Arts Date Book. Tips for those of you who are jetting around the world. Here's Jane Brown. In New York City, the music and lyrics of Stephen Sondheim are featured in a new production on Broadway. Marry me a little Love me just enough. Marry Me a Little is a revised version of the 1991 play The Old Boy. It's the story of two single strangers left alone in their studio apartments on a Saturday night. It features songs by Stephen Sondheim that were cut from some of his most famous musicals. Directed by Jonathan Silverstein, it's in previews at the Clermont Theatre on West 42nd. To the Windy City, where a pioneer of conceptual art is being celebrated at the Art Institute Chicago. Alan Ruppersberg's latest piece is called No Time Left to Stand Again, the B&D of R&R. It's a sweeping survey of recorded American music from the early 1900s through guitarists of the 1960s. And in Thailand, the Bangkok International Festival of Dance and Music continues at the Thailand Cultural Center. I'm Jane Brown, and that's the International Arts Book. Thanks, Jane. This week, Leonard Cohn celebrated his 78th birthday. It marks another milestone for a man who has had a legendary career. He started as a poet fresh out of McGill University in the 50s. His first volume of poetry, Let Us Compare Mythologies, was published in 1956. That was followed by The Spice Box of Earth in 1961 and Flowers for Hitler in 1964. He also wrote his two novels in the 60s, The Favorite Game in 1963, Beautiful Losers in 1966. The following year, though, Cohen moved from being a poet to being a troubadour. He released his first album, The Songs of Leonard Cohen, 
which included two of his career hits, Suzanne and So Long Marianne. From that point on, his musical career took off and he released album after album through the 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s. His most recent, Old Ideas, was just out this year. To celebrate his birthday, here is some of Show Me the Place. Show me the place where you want your slave to go. Show me the place I've forgotten I don't know. Show me the place for my head is bending low. Show me the place where you want your slave to go. Show me the place. Help me roll away the stone. Show me the place. I can't move this thing alone. Show me the place where the word became a man. Show me the place where the suffering began. The troubles came. I saved what I could save. A thread of light, a particle away. But there were chains, so I hastened to behave. There were chains, so I loved you like a slave. Slave to go. Show me the place I've forgotten. I don't know. Show me the place where my head is bending low. Show me the place where you want your slave to go. That was some of Leonard Cohen's Show Me the Place from his newest album, Old Ideas. Cohen celebrated his 78th birthday on Friday. And that brings us to the end of today's show. I'm Libby Snymer. Thanks for joining me. Be sure to come back next week when we talk to celebrated Canadian chef Michael Smith about the culture of food and his new book, Fast Flavors. See you then. You've been listening to the Zoomer Week in Review. Brought to you by Chartwell Seniors Housing and Sun Life Financial. This has been an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review. Heard every Sunday at noon on AM 740 Zoomer Radio. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network. Home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.